2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn.
1: And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Shell Bizzle. Shell Bizzle in the house. That's me. (laughs) Shelby is here today. Today we're going to
2: talk about um, certain things that we stop buying as Minimalists. We're going to talk about why we stop buying them. We're going to talk about tips for purchasing new things. Shelby, uh, I got your one of your videos from Jessica, the gal who runs our social media, and she's like, "You gotta have this girl on the podcast." <laughs> and so uh, she does that sometimes, and they're like, "I'm like, no, not not this one, not <laughs> not no." Nope. And then I, I saw this; it, it was a video you did about things you stopped buying. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, she's right," <laughs> um, and because it's something that we often talk about. So, so you do videos on YouTube about eco friendly living, about sustainability, and. Uh, You did this video about the things that you stopped buying. So, we're going to answer some folks' questions today. But before we get into that, can you talk to me just about maybe three things that you've stopped buying since you've started living more sustainably, more minimally?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I call it eco minimalism, right? So, there are all different reasons you could be a minimalist, Mm, but mine is because it reduces the demand for products and also obviously reduces your carbon footprint, your water footprint, all the above. Mm. So, tons of things I've stopped buying. I have several videos about it, but you know, anything from like paper towels to plastic water bottles to new clothes i haven't bought new clothes in years um yeah. all kinds of stuff those well, are definitely what top was three. like the
1: hardest thing for you to stop buying do you, do you have one of those
0: um I mean yeah just everything that it takes a while to shift right because mm-hmm. we're doing life one certain way because it's convenient yeah. so changing up any of those things makes your life a lot less convenient overall so
1: That's a really unfair question because people always ask me they're like so what's the hardest thing you had to you know get rid of and it's like there's so many things but yeah, yeah. it's kind of a a growing and an evolution and each step, is it can be a little bit difficult for sure. Ryan, what are, what are some things that you've stopped buying before we jump
2: into our first question here?
1: So, uh man, I <laughs> I wrote down six things here because uh, we had talked about this. I stopped buying Oreos. I still love Oreos, man. <laughs> like, I was a sucker. I'd go into the grocery store and, like, they always got me with, like, special Oreo edition. Like
0: 20 flavors, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, I have not bought any more Oreos, but I've replaced it with 100% chocolate. And I think... When we, you know, talk about what we stop buying, some of these things—not every single one of them—but some of these things, we do have to replace it with some better habits. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't do that, then, you know, I, at least for me, like I just end up buying all the crap that if i if i haven't you know replace it with something yeah, you, you something either else
2: replace it with another bad habit <clears throat> right. it's like
1: well i stopped buying oreos but i started buying hostess cupcakes <laughs> you're
2: like well, wait a minute <laughs> wait <laughs> a <laughs> second it wasn't the ideal trade-off there so give me give me two uh, more things so man all right i got i'm just gonna read these off real quick dress shoes suits oh, wait stop 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 there stop there because we're gonna save the other ones for uh patreon later oh, okay so dress shoes dress and, shoes and suits
1: yeah so dress shoes, haven't really replaced those with anything because I don't have any suits anymore, <laughs> right. but I mean, now I just have a uniform that like I will wear, I mean, pretty much this. I got a pair of jeans that I'll wear yeah. for, to, for weddings or funerals. Funny how my my outfit's the same for a wedding or a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're pretty much
2: the same thing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what so, about you, man? Uh, I have a list of a lot of things. My top three on this list... I stopped buying couponed items. So, like items that are on. So I, I stopped. I, I stopped. When you, we go to CVS, there's a CVS right by my house. And the other day, I walked out of there. I bought. I literally bought a pack of gum. Yeah. And they gave you like a manuscript. Oh, the receipt me. I was dragging on the floor. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like uh, I, on the ground before I could drag it out to the trash can. I felt so bad because, like, Look how much paper! That I think we would save. We would we would solve the environmental crisis if we could just get CVS to stop (laughs) uh, printing receipts. Yeah, it was obscene. I didn't. I never look at it. But every time they print out, um, who was that? Who wrote the road? Um, Uh, uh, McCarthy, right? Not McCarthy. Um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, on the road. Oh, that's Jack Kerouac. Yeah, Jack Kerouac. Thank you, podcast, Sean. Um, uh, and uh, apparently he originally wrote. Uh, on the road um with uh on what is that yeah what is it butcher paper paper. yeah so it was like just Um. this this giant receipt essentially yeah um and that's what i feel like every time i go to cvs i I don't use coupons anymore there's a reason why though Hmm. i found that coupons were forcing me like if i would have looked at that cvs receipt i would have started just oh yeah, look this save a dollar on something I don't need. I might as well buy it now because yeah. this, yeah, this expires in seven days.
1: Sometimes though, like with those receipts, like uh, it'll be like, hey, here's five CVS dollars, mm-hmm. and I know I'm gonna go and buy shampoo at some point. Right. I mean, so like Mariah, we got a little envelope, but it is difficult to like stave off that impulse where it's like, oh, it's. I get five dollars off this, you know, bag of chips or this bar of chocolate. Maybe I'll try it out because it's on sale. Like, right. yeah, it certainly can lead you down a
2: yeah, I, impulsive I just, buying path. I know where my boundary is and it will force me to be more impulsive than not. Uh, second thing, uh, discounted items. So that's another thing that really gets me. When oh, it's on sale, uh, it's fifty percent off. Oh, I'd be no. dumb not to buy it. Mm. Well, it's a hundred percent off if I don't buy it. Yeah, and so I that's don't. That's what I always say. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that I won't take advantage. If I'm gonna, I really need to buy a new pair of shoes. Right. Um, and they
1: happen to be on sale. You're not going to be like, I'll wait till they go off of sale. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm, I'm not burning money. Right, I just no longer
2: make that par- the primary decision maker yeah, for me. Yeah,
1: if the sale price triggers the impulse to buy, like that's where you've got to stop yourself and be like, wait a minute. Would I buy this thing if it wasn't on sale? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And last but not least, I have stopped buying into being busy.
1: <laughs> <gasps> you paid for that?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I paid a lot for it, unfortunately. <laughs> and and that was the problem. Like I was, uh, in fact, I was talking to the gals at, at WeWork yesterday. I said, how's your day going? Said, Real busy. And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Instead Sometimes my days are full. Like today is a full day, but I try to stave off being busy for the sake of being busy, allowing other people to sort of dictate the the direction of my to do list. I got a list of a bunch more things. We'll cover those in a bit. But our first question today is from Nathan in College Station, Texas. Oh my
0: God! I went to school yeah. there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so crazy. He's from
1: Canada. I, I I wrote down um on my notes. He's the he's the Canadian Texan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: In the previous podcast, you both have talked about getting rid of certain things, uh, but enjoying enjoying them when they're owned by others. For example, Christmas decorations—you might not have Christmas decorations, but you might go around
1: and enjoy others. Is that a is that a feasible is that a feasible thing? If you know, in some uh, ideal future, everybody is acting as a as a minimalist. Is this like a sustainable uh, way to act as a minimalist? Because Um, You know, if everybody is getting rid of those kinds of things,
2: then, you know, then what will there be for for you to enjoy? Man,
1: that thick Texas accent. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, what if hypothetical questions didn't exist?
0: <laughs> I w- literally, I was thinking the same thing. Why does everyone's mind go to the extreme versions yeah. of everything so quickly? I
1: think it's like, it's human nature. I mean, we've got to like test our boundaries, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's very easy to do with these mental exercises. I think it's a good question. I mean, if everyone stopped purchasing things, let's just go to that. I mean, because that's just the next step to what he's talking about, then the economy would crash, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm it's not a good question though that that it, it, it's it, what if everyone did some something is always a bad question unless that is breathe right that it's the only thing that we can all agree on is yeah. breathe you can go on water nope yeah. nope nope <laughs> not drinking water there's plenty of plenty of videos on youtube i'll find one put it in the show notes where people talk about water is dehydrating oh
1: my god
2: we can't even <laughs> okay. agree on water being hydrating okay and so what if everyone stopped drinking water <laughs> Then I don't know we would
1: all We wouldn't have a water crisis <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We'd have so, a different
2: crisis <laughs> So Shelby I, I assume you get questions of, About this stuff because you live sustainably your, Yourself and it Inspires other people to live sustainably Through your videos on YouTube which by the way we'll put a link To several of your videos including the one I mentioned at the top of the show On our show notes but you have you, you have people who ask Well what if everyone stopped blank
0: Yeah mm. and how do you,
2: how do you talk about that
0: I <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way that you guys just mentioned, that it, people go to the extreme so quickly. So I do get that question all the time. How would you buy secondhand if everybody started buying secondhand right. and then there was no new clothes to buy secondhand? My answer to that is then we would switch over to a sustainable economy where people are producing clothing sustainably. Mm. I feel like it's a similar situation with Christmas decorations. I also don't own any, but like I told you, it's because of the eco-minimalist situation. Mm. I mean, I, and, but if we stopped making Christmas decorations and they wouldn't be there, I feel like my life wouldn't be that heavily impacted.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, to me, it's, it's like, if we started doing, if everyone started taking the approach that, uh, that Nathan said here, like we would have more of a sharing community mm -hmm. and like, we have more access to stuff as opposed to having to own everything. Right. Exactly. But like, you know Josh and I we still buy stuff like yeah. you still buy stuff it's just we're more deliberate with those purchasing dollars and and you know it's not just our dollars that we're deliberate with i mean it's all of our resources so with Nathan's question it's like yes um go ahead and and have a substitute for things that you want to buy if there's something that is a better option more sustainable or uh for for whatever reason yes do that until it's not a good decision
2: yeah yeah it's sustainable until it no longer is Right, exactly and when i think about when i think about the things that i buy right now it's different from the things i bought a decade ago and it'll be a different a decade from now we're going to talk about some of those things minimalism isn't about not buying anymore it's about being more deliberate with what ryan said is Mm. the resources we have part of that's money and that certainly ties into the economy and i'm going to talk about how you can stimulate the economy like a minimalist in a moment but it also has to do with your time your attention your energy Mm. and and no i don't think everyone is going to become a minimalist. I don't think you could force everyone. We can't force everyone to do anything at at, (laughs) at this point. And so um, you're not gonna force anyone to do it. By the way, I don't wanna force people to become minimalist. That's a really bad plan. I wanna inspire people to live more deliberately. Whether or not you call that sustainability or eco-friendly or you call that minimalism or simplicity or intentionality, Mm -hmm. I don't care what you call it, what ism you put on it. What I'm more concerned about is Maybe I can inspire a few people to live more deliberately, to live a more meaningful life with less but not force them into that situation. Yeah,
0: and maybe for some people living with Christmas decorations, it is worth having, right? Because sure. we all have different things that you would think is important and I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. My sister is obsessed with Christmas and I'm never going to try to take that away from her. So I think we would never see the extinction of Christmas decorations <laughs> because there are some people out there who do value that enough for that to be something that they continue. Yeah,
1: I, one of my uh, ex-girlfriends, her mom had, i counted them one time, it was like over 300 Santas that were in her house like it was just statues were alive with... <laughs> <laughs> some of them were oh, wow. no no it, it was it was interesting though because um i started to notice this at it was Um, When I counted them, it was like the first year that we had started minimalists.com. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. She has all these Santas. But the thing is, is like her house is beautiful during Christmas time. Like she absolutely like does a good job of displaying these in a way that it really makes you feel, you know, that warm, fuzzy holiday feeling. And you're right. Like I would never want to take that away from anyone.
2: And, And I think that's
1: the key. The key takeaway here is
2: we can appreciate things, whether it's a Picasso painting yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever have enough money to own a Picasso painting. Oh By the way, if I did... I can. I don't think I would buy one, mm-hmm. right? There's something else I could do with that money. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't mean I can't appreciate I can go to LACMA. They have a whole Picasso display, and I can appreciate that without needing to hoard the thing, to own the thing, to have the thing for myself. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's actually better that it's in a museum because I'm not the only one who can appreciate that now. Yeah. And the same is true with the Santos. Imagine if uh, you, your former girlfriend's mother just, like, Hoarded them in a special room just for herself. Yeah. It wouldn't have had the same impact to the other people that were like, "Wow, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate this." And and I think that's 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 what we where we need to start. Where it comes to no, it's not about not owning anything. Right. It's about having access to the things we don't want to own. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know, shared ride services or a community pool or a, you can go to a, a. When I was a kid in the '80s in Dayton, Ohio we went to a basketball court. I didn't own a basketball court mm. because, and I, I, again, that's something else I'll probably never be able to afford having my own backyard basketball court. But who cares? As yeah. long as I have access to one, that's, that's what's important.
1: Yeah, I think if we ask ourselves with any items that, you know, insert whatever there besides Christmas decorations, like asking ourselves, like, is our life better or is it worse without it? And if it's mm. worse, if you're depriving yourself, like that is not what, any of us really are, are trying to uh, propagate here. It's not about deprivation. It's not about making yourself miserable. Mm. It's about doing things deliberately so we can stave off those impulses that we all have. I mean, one thing we can all agree on is like we live in a very Im- consumeristic, impulsive buying society that uh, it's not sustainable. And I mean, what's the statistic? If everyone consumed uh, like an American, it would take eight Earths. Yeah, something crazy. Like eight oh, Earths wow. t- to sus- Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just not sustainable.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what, Nathan, I'm gonna send you a copy of our book Essential. It's an essay collection with twelve different chapters about twelve different areas of intentional living. But one of those chapters is about finances, and there's an essay in there called Stimulate the Economy Like a Minimalist. I'm going to read an excerpt from that really quick for you. But if you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of that book. Uh, it's our longest audiobook. I think it's over six hours. Or if you want the book book or the ebook podcast, Sean, will be happy to send you those as well. If everyone immediately stops spending their money, our economy would crash. This goes without saying. Consequently, one of the biggest supposed arguments many people have against minimalism is that if everyone became a minimalist, then we'd all be doomed. The financial system as it stands today would collapse, and no longer would we have the wealth necessary to purchase cheap plastic crap from Walmart. There are several problems with this point of view, some obvious some a bit more abstruse. First, no informed person would argue that we should stop spending money or that we must stop consuming. Consumption is not the problem. Consumerism is the problem. Consumerism is, com- is compulsatory, vapid, pernicious, impulsive, unfocused, and misguided. Worst of all, it is seductive. Consumerism's shiny facade promises more than it can possibly deliver. Because love, happiness, contentment, and satisfaction are all internal feelings that cannot be commodified. And the truth is that once our basic needs are met, the acquisition of trinkets does little for our lifelong well-being. Using consumerism to stimulate the economy is like fixing a cracked mirror with a hammer. It only worsens the problem. Yes, trade is an important part of any society. Circumventing consumerism, however, doesn't imply that minimalists sidestep commerce. Rather, minimalism is predicated on intentionality, which means we spend our money more deliberately. Minimalists invest in experiences over possessions travel, indie concerts, vacations, community theater, etc. We can all spend money without acquiring new material things. I think that's an important point here. Like, you're still stimulating the economy, you're just doing so differently, right? Right. You're you're still spending money. As as someone who's interested in sustainability, you're not saying, well, I'm never gonna use money again, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't
0: think so. I don't think that's a goal.
2: And you're not allergic to money either
0: last time I checked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Good. Uh, minimalists buy new possessions carefully. We do so, to do so, we must ask better questions like, will this thing add value to my life? In a moment, we'll talk about six questions we asked before purchasing. That's one of them. Minimalists support local businesses. Local indie shops tend to be less motivated by profit. Sure, they need to make money to keep the lights on, and there's nothing wrong with that, but earning a buck usually isn't the primary concern of a local bookstore, restaurateur, or bike shop. They are in business because they are passionate about their product or service, and they want to share that passion with their patrons. Passion begets greater quality and better service, which makes the money they earn well-deserved. Ultimately, ultimately, minimalists aren't concerned or interested in stimulating the economy. Stimulation is is ephemeral. We'd rather improve our economy's long-term health by making better individual decisions about consumption, getting involved in our community, and supporting local businesses who care. If more people do this, we'll build a stronger economy, one that's predicated on personal responsibility, and community interaction, not a false sense of urgency and the mindless stockpiling of junk we never needed in the first place. Ryan, what time is it?
1: You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed, we do. We're at The Minimalist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have Shelby here. She's at Shelbizzle,
2: which we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you can't spell it. There's several E's at the end there. (laughs) And we'll put a link to all of her social media Uh, In the show notes as well. What's our first question, Ryan? Our first
1: question is from Nicole from Patreon. She says, Amazon makes it too easy to be impulsive. Very, very true. But it's so convenient since I don't like shopping in person. How can I cut back? Shell Bizzle?
0: Well, it's really interesting, a lot of people look at Amazon as a way to like get things really fast and impulsively, but for me, shopping online stops me from looking through all the aisles at a store. Mm, I don't know point. if you guys have a, a similar like viewpoint of it, but I don't have to walk through all the aisles at the store and see all the stuff that I don't need. Yeah. So for me, Amazon, I still use Amazon, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but um, for me, yeah, I don't go browse Amazon. If I need something, I do this thing where I have to put it on a list and wait 30 days. That's awesome.
1: So, so you got boundaries set up, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's really what that's that's what I would tell Nicole here. I mean my my short answer is no boundaries equals. No impulse control. Yeah. So when you set boundaries up like that, you give yourself a thirty day waiting period or you go to Amazon and you just order the one thing that you went there for. Right. It is difficult though, like you know, sometimes they got the little recommended stuff. <laughs> but you know, I never thought about that point about you know browsing the aisles. You're right. Like that's that is that's actually kind of a, a plus with, with online shopping.
0: Yeah, well the just the way I grew up because my mom I used to be the same, but my mom is a shopaholic, so we would just like that was entertainment for us going mm. to the stores and walking through the aisles and just finding things. <laughs> so I, I that is a huge part of like being a minimalist for me is not going to the mall not going to Target so
1: yeah it makes me think of like when I used to buy Christmas gifts I would just you know I had no idea what I was gonna get friends or family so I just go to the mall and wander, right and like look for inspiration like oh maybe <laughs> maybe I'll find some inspiration walking around but like yeah. buying gifts that way to me is like one of the most unintentional ways it's there's not a lot of thought in that it's
2: just shopping like that in general right searching for
1: consumeristic inspiration Mm. is
2: (laughs) not something I'm inspired by you could tweet that podcast Sean by the way (laughs) we put all these uh, minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like Sean just tweezes out the things that sound profound and puts them in the show notes for us. My, my short answer today is uh, today's convenience is often tomorrow's headache. Mm. And, and that's one thing, if we don't have the boundary set up, the 30-day boundary, or what Ryan and I have something called the 30-30 rule. Mm-hmm. If something costs more than $30, we'll wait 30 hours, so basically a day, yeah. and, and to, to buy this thing. Because... On Amazon, they've removed all the friction mm. to the point where you might slip into consumerism because you know, there's no friction at all. It's like a, this ice skid that you just oh, I, you don't realize it like, oh no, what? I, well, actually, you do realize it when <laughs> when when the boxes show up at the house. You're like, what did I do? Yeah. In my, my apartment building, actually, they, they check in the box in front. That's so every time that like... I order something i get an email notification about it and there was one day i had a bunch of like supplements coming for the, the stuff i've been going through with my stomach and i didn't realize why they were coming all these i didn't know they were coming different boxes so mm-hmm. one day i had like five different boxes show up and i'm like i'm such a fraud <laughs> i'm not a real minimalist why do i have all this? and then i realized like oh um the, th- this was something i, I intentionally purchased mm-hmm. and they just showed up in five bo- boxes yeah, and i hate that help it yeah right but we do need we do need those boundaries because, as Ryan said, without those boundaries, the impulses will run
1: wild, yeah, absolutely. all right, our next question is from Al, how do I stop myself from buying food I don't need, Man. so he's asking how he stops buying Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> how did you stop buying Oreos Ryan? I replaced it with better things uh-huh. um it was what's interesting though is when when you're giving up a food habit that first week or two or even month, it is you go through this withdrawal of like, yeah. whether it's fried food or sugar. So there's a lot of discomfort that you're going to have to accept that you're going to go through. Mm-hmm. But like now, dude. All right. So here's, here's like confession time. Uh, so yesterday um, I was walking home and I was like, man, I have not been to Roscoe's chicken yet. Like I, the, everyone talks about Roscoe's chicken in LA. And I'm like, I, I keep talking about how, you know, I've been here for almost two years and I keep talking about how I'm going to try it. I was starving. It's like, it's just a block or two away from our house. So I call it Mariah. And I'm like, hey, honey, do you want to go to Roscoe's Chicken? She's like, yes, I've been meaning to try that. So like we we go down there and we get chicken and waffles. Well, we get one order of chicken and waffles to share. Uh-huh. And then I got like uh, like a side of potato salad and greens or something. I mean, it, all in all, it wasn't like the most horrible meal in the world. But my my point is, is because I don't eat that stuff on a regular basis. Because Mariah doesn't eat that stuff on a regular basis. When we had it, it was just like, eh, it was all right. Because it's like we're not, we're not. You now, if we were constantly eating, you know, fried chicken and waffles and syrup (laughs) and like, which believe me, is tempting to go back to that kind (laughs) of. But but if we were doing that, I'm sure like this would have been one of the best chicken and waffles we've ever had. But since we have kind of cut those things out of our life like now even when we do have it um it's not as it's not the treat you thought it was exactly
2: what about you any grocery shopping tips
0: i'm really bad with groceries because i i feel like i don't buy anything else so food is where i kind of like let it loose a little bit Uh but i also don't buy anything in plastic packaging so that Um, restricts me a lot with i could buy oreos anyway
1: (laughs) yeah right so it helps you to like not buy like processed foods Yeah. yeah 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 i, I um,
2: uh, so my my short answer is just a silly one It's from Glengarry Glen Ross put that coffee down coffee's for closers um, <laughs> so don't don't tweet that sean that's not my quote uh, but what I really do what I really mean uh, i mean put that food down that you're considering buying if you know it's not good for you and the one thing that i do to stave off impulse the rule that i have in place is when i go to the grocery store it has and bex and i have a shared list on on our phones and so we, we update it together but if it's not on that list when i'm at the store no matter if, if i'm intended to put it on the list blueberries oh they're not on the list then i'm not going to buy it i force myself to go home put it back on the list if i really want it that bad yes I'm, I'm creating an inconvenience for myself yeah. but really what i'm doing i'm creating enough friction to force myself to not buy those things i don't really need
0: well, and most of the time when you don't buy something that you thought you needed you end up not missing out on it anyway you realize you didn't really care and it didn't make a difference that you don't have
1: it yeah that's, yes, I, I, I totally agree with that well my pithy answer is this if you take away a bad habit and don't replace it with something good it won't be long before a bad habit is back in your life So, you know, Al, the way you could uh, stop buying so much food is, yes, create that friction, create some boundaries, um, but find a way to still go out and get something that's enjoyable, like the Oreos versus the 100% is it Montezuma is that what it's called over at Trader Joe's I think that's what it is, is it? Yeah. yeah but uh yeah I'm, dark chocolate yeah which yeah. is really difficult like it's not a treat at first at first you're like oh my god like <laughs> this is
2: flavorless chocolate <laughs> yeah Ella does not
1: like it because she's had child's chocolate right yeah but if you if you uh stick with it though your body does start to adapt your taste buds adapt but yeah Al you do still have to replace what you want to stop buying uh you've got to replace it with uh with something good or yeah the bad habit will be right back in your life
2: all right looks like we have several more surprise questions this week these are some interesting ones how do i maintain good credit without buying things with credit cards how do i establish financial freedom when i still must pay for essential services how do i purchase fewer clothes fewer books less perfume fewer candles and less makeup this is why we brought you in show business. This is really the. <laughs> 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 I talked to my wife about this too, so uh, I I don't really have an opinion other than like my uh, an adjacent opinion to that. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also, I want to talk about other things that Ryan and I and also Shelby have gotten rid of. What what have we stopped buying, and why did we stop buying those things? We'll dive deep on that. Also, things. This is a fascinating one. Things we started buying after becoming minimalists. Mm. Is there anything that we started buying after becoming a minimalist? I got a list of a few things that might surprise you. Also, things we wish we could stop buying. This is real confession time, Ryan. What do you (laughs) wish you could stop buying? We're going to talk about that. Also, six questions to ask yourself before buying something new. And 12 ways to stop wasting money and take control of your stuff. And if you want to hear all that, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode, available exclusively on Patreon. That's right you're currently listening to our weekly minimal episode but each week Ryan and I record an entirely different long form maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast which gives us the private space we need to talk about topics we don't always discuss in public plus Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100% advertisement free when you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon you'll receive a personal link so that our minimal or I'm sorry that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app you'll also get access to our entire back catalog of more than a hundred private podcast episodes find all the details and all the good stuff including additional private podcast episode every week over at
1: slash support ryan what else you got for us this week you know being informed is more important than ever especially today we just like live in a meme culture and it's very easy to like read a meme and be like enough said yeah. don't need to look at anything else but man we really got to dig into stuff so uh as always i just want to encourage people to read more and get informed and now here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners
3: Hi fellow minimalists, I just wanted to leave this tip because it has been um, a recent shift in my way of thinking. On the podcast when I used to hear people or even Josh and Ryan discussing like consuming consciously and thinking about the companies where they purchase things, I felt like that was too much work to do the research behind companies. Uh, and recently I've kind of realized that my power in a way comes from the things that I'm spending my money on um, in our current society And so it actually seems like a very small price to pay to do the research and purchase products from places that care about the environment and that treat their employees well uh, because I suppose the alternative is spending money on goods and places that maybe don't care about their employees and don't treat the environment well and then if I am purchasing from them then in a way I am supporting those behaviors which don't align with my values.
0: Hi Josh and Ryan, this is Gina calling from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I have a listener tip for finding free reading material for avid readers on a budget. There's the local library, which we're usually the most familiar with, but there might be other larger libraries available to you within your state. For example, as a Pennsylvania resident, you can access the materials at the Philadelphia Free Library, absolutely for free, which is a much larger collection than my local library. I use an app called Overdrive and log in with my local and state library information. I have two different collections to search from. Without ever stepping foot into this library, I've downloaded countless audio and eBooks. It works just like a regular library. If something isn't available, you can place a hold and you'll be notified when it's ready. I'd recommend doing some research for your state to see if there are other libraries you might not have known that you have access to
2: all right y'all thanks again to shelby for joining us today thank you for being here today we're really grateful thank you for having me i want to encourage folks to check out your youtube channel we'll put a link to it in the show notes uh check out her videos about eco-friendly living and real quick for right here right now here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist we have a side project it's called minimalism.life uh, we partnered up with the folks from, well, Carl from Minimalissimo and Alberto from Five Style to bring you the best in minimalist well-being.
1: Well, there's so much with minimalism. It's like we we are good at essays and talking about minimalism. Yeah, the but, well-being side of things. Right, right. But uh, you know, I'm not. I don't have the best style. That's really why I have only one outfit. Is because <laughs> like I really don't know how to dress myself. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got uh Carl with um. Uh, basically des- uh, with minimalist design and then we've got uh, a traveling you know some traveling aspects of minimalis- uh, of minimalism.life to um, Alberto from minimalissimo right? From Five Style. From Five Style, yeah. All right. Uh, if you all want to check that out, it's minimalism.life. You can also follow Minimalism Life
2: on social media. It's at minimalism on Twitter and at Life on Instagram. Some beautiful photos over there. But you can check it out. There's a weekly journal. There's free wallpapers that will declutter your phone quite a bit, make it beautiful. And also, we've done a, a recent wet website revamp over there. So it looks beautiful. Minimalism.life. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail. four zero six two one nine 7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at the minimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com/slash the If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list at the minimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails each week, but never spam because that stuff's gross. For our added value this week, um, this just happened. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. You, you hear about this? Yeah. Um, LA rapper, 33 years old. And uh, was he was gunned down in front of his, his clothing store. And what was sad about this, he was really a pillar of the community. Like, the ideal story of someone growing up in poverty, and not just leaving poverty behind, but empowering his neighborhood. He he owned several businesses in South Central, including the clothing store that he was killed in, in front of. And uh, it's... It can happen to anyone, and it's really unfortunate. But um, we're going to leave you today with, um, well, he has a Grammy-nominated album called Victory Lap. It was his most recent album that came out last year, and here is my favorite song from that album. It's called Double Up by Nipsey Hussle featuring Belly and Dom Kennedy. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things, because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening,
1: y'all. We'll see you next time.
0: Double up. Three or four times, I ain't telling no lies, I just run it up. Never let a hard time have a was. Double up. I ain't telling no lies, I just. Yeah. I ain't telling no lies, I just. Double. Five,
2: four, three, two, that's time. I got to you that money, my dreams.
0: Come true my life in diamonds. Who Who knew? Who knew?